Hello, and welcome to the broadcast. I'm Trent. I'll be your host. Today we're going to talk about why judgment is a trap. Now, your first reaction may be, ooh, this sounds biblical, uh-oh. But it's not. It's not. It's universal. I'm going to approach it from a non-faith-based perspective, shall we say. And a lot of us have this notion that we came up with somewhere along the way, right? It's an anti-feeling and this is very limiting. And so many of us free thinkers, many of us searchers and people that search for meaning and truth, we along our way have become anti this or anti that. And it really limits us, it really does. And so if you find yourself cringing at the idea of judgment, because you have weird feelings about Christian faith. First off, I don't blame you. Secondly, it's not coming from that. Thirdly, you might want to reevaluate that because as I've come to see, Christian faith and teachings have a lot to offer. They really do. You have to just take the gold nuggets, learning is like mining. You go through a lot of material, you pull out the gems and the precious bits, build those into your own philosophy. And so we're going to talk about the idea of judgment. We're going to look at non-judgment as a virtue worth working towards and worth celebrating. And we're going to look at judgment as a trap, something that can grab you and keep you where you are. And we're going to do it very simply, very practically. I'm going to reduce this down to the most simple terms, almost physical terms, if you will. And so we'll begin now. Judgment is comprised of three voices. The voice of reason, the voice of resentment, and the voice of punishment. When we listen to these three voices, they take us to a particular place where we banish someone for their views or thoughts or philosophies, where we execute them in our mind as unworthy where we punish them perhaps and so we become the judge the jury and the executioner don't we when we practice judgment 
And if we look at the source for this judgment and what, why would we need to do it, it always comes from a place of insecurity, right? We feel insecure. Perhaps we lean towards anger or perhaps we lean towards being fearful. In any case, we're on guard looking for an enemy. And when we find one, we judge them. Now, it's no surprise that there's no shortage of fools to be judged. They're out there, they're everywhere. And we laugh at them, we curse them, we condemn them, and then we become that which we despise slowly, albeit, but gradually and surely we will become that which we despise, which we judge, which we hate. You know the old adage, you hate and then you become what you hate. How does that happen? That happens through thought, forging ideas, forging patterns, forging identities, which we grasp onto and then forging core personality traits. We become what we focus on, okay? Now, perhaps you really enjoy judging people, in which case you should probably become a judge. Get the black robe, get the gavel, and sit there and, and do your job. Uh, but for the rest of us, it's just non-probable. It's non-existent to be a good thing to do. You know, a judge is a very special kind of person. And as we all know, there are several judges that become corrupted through their practice. They take bribes. They give in to blackmail. They make questionable findings, to say it lightly. And then there are judges that uphold the law and they're actually doing a huge service to society. But you have to wonder when they go home to their families, do they take off the robe? Do they put down the gavel? Or do they constantly castrate their son with judgment? Do they constantly dehumanize their daughter with their judgments? Because that's what judgments do in a personal relationship. They condemn, they vilify. It's a plague. It's a plague of the soul. And so if you are finding yourself having a difficult time holding the space of non-judgment, then you need to look at some of your core characteristics. And it should go without saying, but I'm not judging you all out there. You're on your path. You're awakening day by day bit by bit as we all are as i walk my path and i open up more and more to the wonderful possibilities all around me i stray further and further from judgment and it goes a little something like this i hear a story i hear uh, an account of a conflict oh two people fighting two opposing viewpoints fighting. Now, the older me would side with one of them and say, yep, they're right, and the other one's wrong. This is what should happen. But the newer me just kind of listens and says, maybe, 
I'm not sure. You just have to let it sit there. And so it feels incomplete when you try to do this at first, especially if it's personal, right? Now, if you're trying to convey information to someone and they shut you down and they just won't, are not having it and they won't listen, they have judged you. How does it feel? It doesn't feel good, does it? And so you have to put yourself on the receiving end to see what it feels like, to really understand how toxic judgment is. Now, there is the aspect of judgment, which is a physical talk, where two viewpoints are being debated, and it's a fight almost. It's a duel of wit, a duel of logic. And oftentimes, people succumb to lower impulse and just begin hurling insults, right? They just stop listening and trying to debate, and they go out of bounds and make personal attacks, okay? Now, you have to understand that we all do this all the time mentally, mentally. So when we're reading a story or we're listening to a video, anything, anything we're doing, where there's a story, where there's a conflict, where there are two viewpoints, we are being baited into judgment. It's just like a very innocuous thing. It's something we've become so used to that it's almost just part of our society. It's just part of our culture to judge constantly. We're constantly making judgments, aren't we? We're constantly making decisions and we do that based on a system of judgment. And so what would non-judgment even look like? What would it feel like? It may seem very indecisive. It may seem like you would never get anything done. It may seem that you would never have any ground to stand on. And granted, it is a little bit more complex. It takes some patience, which by the way is another virtue. And so if we lack patience, then we would automatically lack the ability to be non-judgmental. And so I will say that being non-judgmental is like this. When you speak with someone and you have a disagreement, you don't have a need to win any argument and you are liberated. You can listen without rebuttal you are liberated you can observe a situation and retain your own character and independence in thinking about it again you are liberated this is a liberation if you aren't feeling the need to cast judgment then you are not throwing the boomerang and it won't come back at you. And so it gives you neutrality and perspective. Pick any hot button topic and you will see judgment all around it. Okay, just to name a few to give you an idea. Right now, 
the right to bear arms, or should people own guns? Let the debate begin. Let the judges enter the arena. Judge, judge, judge. Some strongly opposed, some strongly for. Not a lot of middle ground. Here's another one. The right to abortion. There are many people that react very strongly and from their gut on this one. On one side you say it's completely wrong to kill innocent babies. On the other side they say it is completely within a woman's rights to choose. It is her body. It is a complex scenario where people judge, they get emotional, and they create enemies out of people based on this one issue. They automatically dehumanize and demean and demonize another human being who just happens to have a different perspective. And so what non-judgment would be like would be to see the positives in their arguments on both sides and to see the negatives of their position and to see that it is very complicated. It's a very complicated thing. Life isn't a yes or no. That's more of a, uh, a grade school test, a true or false test. It doesn't really play out like that when we get into complicated things. And so oftentimes people will arrive at a conclusion that they came to when they were a child, you know, based on either accepting their parents and their peers' viewpoints or rejecting them and coming to the opposite conclusion. And then people tend to hold firm for life. Now, this is a bit odd, don't you think? To come to a conclusion and hold firm no matter what. And what do they do? They hold on vehemently. They will not let go. They will not change. And they will only see what supports their argument. And they will cast judgment on anyone that questions it. Now, perhaps you can see how limiting and destructive this is. So judgment actually keeps us from learning. It keeps us prisoner in the dark, in a cell that we built with incomplete knowledge. It paves over the window so we can't even see out of our cell. All we can see is what we have put up for ourselves to see. And we attack anyone, anyone who has a differing viewpoint. Highly toxic, highly dangerous, highly divisive. And you have to wonder why we do this. You have to wonder why. Why do we judge? Why do so many people fall into judgment? Because it's a trap. Because it's very easy to do. It's natural. It is part of our binary coding, yes or no, true or false, male or female, right? Two-party system, you know, Republican or Democrat. It's always about polarity, and these polarities are always fighting. 
And to take uh, an outside perspective takes some thought. You have to be able to build new ground to stand on. You have to be willing to not take sides, which is uncomfortable. You feel isolated. You have to be willing to rethink from the very beginning on this subject. And this is something that many people just aren't willing to do. Most people are just looking for comfort and security, um, that kind of thing, right? Not a lot of people are interested in rethinking their positions on any number of subjects that we have already defined our personality off of, right? And so religion is another one of these. And I'm going to touch on this a little bit. Now, this is a weird one because this is always a subject that's fascinated me. I grew up non-religious, right? And my parents were non-religious. My dad believed in something. He just wasn't sure what. Whereas my mom just was very adamant that the church was bad. She only saw the bad in what they did, right? Especially the priests who, you know, corrupt little kids. She really focused on that and just said, oh, they're evil. And so they're all wrong. Everything about them is garbage, right? And so that was my upbringing. And now I always tended to make friends with very religious people. I was best friends with a Mormon for many years. I was best friends with a Jehovah's Witness for many years. I was best friends with a Baptist whose father was a preacher for many years. My, my first girlfriend was a devout Catholic. And so I was always almost attracted to a very religious person. And I would listen to what they had to say. Of course, they always tried to talk about what they were into. And I just kind of listened. I never really refuted it. I liked their company. I liked the dynamic. We had fun together. Now, religion is something that people fight about, right? It's something that they argue about. It's something that forms groups and identities. And then it becomes a battleground. Who's right? And they argue about what we could call unknowable things. They argue about the shape of a cloud, so to speak. They argue about what happens after you die. They argue about the nature of God and the nature of all these things that we just can't get a handle on. Now, most religions have common ground, but do they focus on that? Not really. And so they are being baited into judging one another. And it creates unnecessary conflict. Now, not all religious people do this. But I think many of them do. And many of them are actually just violent, negative people that take shelter in the idea of religion and being safe within their belief of what they call God. Now, 
Don't you find that a bit odd? I do. I do. It's almost like people are out there walking backwards. It's a lot of work. You can't see where you're going. And anyone that says, hey, why don't you guys try walking forward? And they vehemently attack you and saying, no, this is my religion. This is what we've done. This is what we do. It's a sin to walk forwards. And you say, okay. You kind of back off with your hands in the air. Do as you do. And so there's a backwardness to it that is espoused. People are indoctrinated into it. And we could talk about other weird religions. How about Scientology? That's a weird one. That's a weird one. It's a mega powerful corporation. It's beyond cult status. And how about the way in which they work, which other religions work too? They give you bits gradually, gradually. You have to earn levels. And if they just told you their beliefs straight out, you would say, that's insane. But because they get you invested with years of your life and tons of your money and you form all your social connections, then you're willing to accept that. And then you're willing to defend that, judging everyone else who isn't part of your group. And so here's the, the long and skinny of this idea of judgment. It's a fake power. The truth is, the only authority we hold is over our own body and our own mind. That's free will. That's what we're given. Once we start imposing our will upon another, that's when we get into very complicated territory. Now, there are exceptions, like if you're a parent, you kind of need to do this. But it needs to be done fairly and honestly, and you need to sort of let go bit by bit as they grow up and get a handle on their own affairs, you see. But oftentimes human relationships are lopsided. There's a dominant one. There's the one that does the talking. There's the one that does the thinking. There's the one that makes the decisions. There's the one that controls the money, right? Oftentimes you see this. And so judgment leads us into this sort of scenario. Judgment leads us into a power vacuum where all the power accumulates to an authority figure. And if you find yourself in these situations, don't despair. As said, it's human nature. Sand tends to fall to the bottom because it's heavy. Humans tend to fall into judgment. Now, we'll talk about the medicine or the elixir to this problem. And it is a problem. Non-judgment is the liberation of the self from the need to enslave others, including the enslaving of yourself, your future self. 
So this is very much an egotistical problem, this judgment. And this judgment loves to shackle and chain identities to a fixed point of awareness. And as we all know, life changes, everything changes. It's either growth or decay. There are rains, there are fires, the landscape changes over time, and we are supposed to change over time. But with our free will, some of us have chosen to remain fixed, stuck, and stationary, like a rock. But even rocks change. Even rocks degrade over time, crumble. Even rocks become home to lichen and moss, animals. And even rocks will change when they're in the water and they'll become smoother. And so we become something artificial with judgment, something that does not even exist in nature. A fixed ideology. A fixed judgment. And so the medicine to this is a little something they call compassion. Okay? You have to tap into a kinder, more nurturing, gentler part of yourself. A more allowing part of yourself. A more free part of yourself. And this isn't just readily available for most people, unfortunately. But it's there. You have to look forward a little bit. You have to look inward. And as with all things, the way I approach this is through introspection or meditation or self-examination. You could do it through using a journal and writing down these ideas. You could do it in a lot of various ways. Art can be very therapeutic, but I prefer the direct approach. Meditation. You try to connect with that which is gentle, kind, knowing. And you could say something like, I wish to become less judgmental. I wish to let go of my judgment or my need to judge. And then imagine what this would look like. Imagine a scenario in which you were very judgmental. And then imagine the opposite of that. Imagine it playing out differently. Now, I'm not suggesting that you should become a rag doll, letting other people tear you up. But I am suggesting to free yourself from the mental need to constantly judge things. It's exhausting. It's exhausting, and it's no way to live, truly. Only by freeing yourself from this will you gain the wisdom and the knowledge to know what's truly right and what's truly good. And then you will have the knowledge and the wisdom on how to embody those things and how to convey the good, the just. Instead of condemning everything you don't agree with, you can become an embodiment of good. Liberation is something that must be worked towards 
and it takes some practice it takes some pushing now just imagine if you've had 20 years to develop a judgmental attitude it's not going to unravel in a day but if you give it a lot of focus for a week and then you give it a lot of focus for another few weeks it will build onto itself you need some momentum and you need some practice and then over the coming months you could radically shift your personality with the help of people around you if you're around positive people this can happen much faster if you are still surrounded with very negative and judgmental people it will be difficult it will be like trying to push a boulder uphill it is possible but it's very difficult just becoming conscious of this idea you may begin to observe these patterns in yourself and in other people and the natural tendency may be to say hey so and so don't be so judgmental don't you know it's not good for you but really what we need to do is instead say that to ourselves. I came to this observation a while ago and it's this oftentimes when we speak out to other people when we're saying things to our friends and loved ones we're really talking to ourselves. and so if you find yourself telling people what they should do maybe you should listen to yourself it's a strange paradox it's as though when we're talking to our friends co-workers we're talking into a mirror when we make a comment when we raise our voice try listening try listening to what it is you're really saying try to really discover who you are this is the liberation of non-judgment this is a first step in that process and you may be wondering well what comes next what comes next well there are many things to work on and we should really work on one thing at a time if you work on your ability to be non-judgmental this will improve your ability to learn it will improve your ability to store various viewpoints right this will allow you to become more compassionate it will make you a better listener it will make you more kind it will it will improve your relationships people will be attracted to that which you convey right you will become someone they can confide in and then maybe you'll be tested more because the more people confide in you you'll be tempted to judge them and say oh I would never do that that's disgusting that's foolish that's wrong but here we go again you don't know what you don't know you can only know what you have come up with and so when people confide in you hold that space of non-judgment and just see that we are all unique we're all having very individual unique experiences based upon 
many factors. There's no one like us. And so it would be foolish to think that others should arrive at the same exact conclusions that we ourselves have arrived at. I think that is a very clear thought, and that is an argument for the merit of non-judgment. Now, you may be thinking, well, what about murder? You can't say that might be okay, I don't know. That's an extreme example, okay? And let's talk about an extreme example. So let's just say there is someone that's accused of murder. And our knee-jerk reaction is to judge them. They're horrible, they're heinous, they should be locked away forever, and the key should be thrown away. What does that do to ourselves? Yes, you guessed it. You get locked away. You throw away the key. And so even judging someone like that can be very harmful for your budding and blossoming psychology. Remember, you are not a judge. You are not on a jury. You are a human being having a human experience. If you're listening to this podcast, you're trying and working towards opening up your mind. You're trying to become something more than you were. You're trying to grow mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. We're growing. And so we can't be lured into judgment. So if you're watching those TV shows where the detectives are constantly trying to find the killer, find the truth, and they there's the court sequence, there's the casting of judgment, you're being tricked and hypnotized into becoming another judgmental drone, another useful cog in the cruel mechanism of a cold and heartless society. That may sound a little bit harsh, but it needs to be said. The art of non-judgment is something that needs to be consciously created. It is a place of beauty, creativity, and pure potential. In many ways, this is the first step toward liberating you from what they call your karma. It is the first step in freeing you from the antiquated and outdated ideas that have become a mental prison. The next steps will be becoming more loving, becoming more caring, becoming more discerning. Okay? Now, being non-judgmental does not mean being gullible. No, no, no. It's actually the opposite. By becoming non-judgmental and holding a space of reason, you become all the wiser. You're not easily fooled. You're not easily tricked. You're not baited into traps. You begin to hone your patience. 
And patience is like a sword. It's like a sword in many ways. You may think, oh, patience, that's boring. It's like an old, old man or a turtle. No, that is not what it is. Patience, it's the ultimate weapon in battle, in acquisition, in becoming. You avoid so much damage and despair with patience. And so non-judgment is absolutely essential to becoming patient because we're not rushing into scenarios. Now there are many other virtues that we will be led to in these talks, but for here, I think this is a good point to wrap it up. If you find that you yourself would like to practice the art of non-judgment, imagine all of the things that your head has been filled with over the years. For each year you hold, one bucket of slop. Throw the buckets out, let the pigs eat it. And so if you're 27 years old, mentally think about throwing out bucket after bucket of slop. These are ideas you've had or assumptions you've made and the pigs eat it up and they grow fatter. And when you are holding your last bucket, a little tear starts to form in your eye because you think without this, who am I? But you trust the process and you throw that last bucket of slop out and let the hogs feed. They don't mind, they're just hungry. They eat it off the dirt and it nourishes them and they go about their business. And yet you feel lighter. You drop the empty bucket and you begin to walk up the mountain. Imagine your mind is a clear place, open, full of light, full of possibility. Imagine your mind is capable, coherent, classically crafted. It's a vessel now and it is ready to learn. When you connect up to your higher self, now your higher self can fill you with true knowledge. This is a step forward. This is something anyone can do. It's not something they'll tell you in school. And so non-judgment feels a lot like being able to breathe deeply. You're in no hurry to go anywhere. If you have a task, you can apply your total focus to it. If there's someone you love, 
and dedicate your attention to them. This is the merit of non-judgment. It's a, an enhancement on your psyche. It allows you to be in the present moment and become extremely effective. And so have fun with that, practice that. Be that which you want to be. Break the shackles, empty the buckets, connect up to your higher potential and do your thing, live your day. So thank you for listening. We'll talk next time. Good luck.